Hi, and welcome back to the Savvy Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ellen Hendrickson. And every week, I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. This week, we'll talk about how to talk to strangers. And with us is the expert. Brandon Stanton is the creator, photographer, and interviewer behind the acclaimed and wildly popular blog, Humans of New York. His new book is Humans of New York Stories. Brandon, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. So people are truly moved by your work, and so many people connect with it. You have almost 16 million likes on Facebook, and as of a couple weeks ago, two number one New York Times bestsellers. So why do you think Humans of New York is so compelling? You know, I think there is a sort of paradox of one seeing a picture of somebody on the blog that you do not know and that you've never met before and represents a stranger to you. And but then at the same time you're hearing a story or a quote from them that is very intimate and very revealing and is indicative of something that they might only tell their best friend or someone very close to them. And so I think, you know, that combination of seeing a photo of somebody that you know nothing about except for this, you know, one kind of very vulnerable or intimate piece of information is, you know, a powerful combination. Yeah, I think you get the specific and the universal at the same time. Right. Now, usually getting to know someone happens, one, gradually, and two, reciprocally. But so you've turned both these things on their head. So how do you get people to tell you intimate details in a short amount of time, and I'm assuming without matching their level of disclosure? Right. I'm trying to think gradually and reciprocally. Well, it's definitely not gradually. Like you said, that I'm normally the one that asks the questions, so maybe I'm not reciprocating. You know, it's something that is very untangible, uh, but, you know, it, I think it just kind of comes down to energy, and the energy that I'm giving off is not of a stranger. It's, it's very hard to describe, but I've had people follow me around before who were journalists, and after I finished talking to one of my subjects, they would move in and ask questions about the experience. And the tone shift conversation that I had with the person and the conversation with, that the journalist had with the person was very noticeable to me. And it kind of shined a light for me on, you know, why I think it is that people get so comfortable. It's that the conversations are very conversational. You know, they aren't they aren't questions like, so what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? You know, it's like, I almost start talking to them as if a relationship had already been established. And if we as if we knew each other for a very long time, you know, and it's, again, it's not something that I learned, I think it's just something that in approaching 10,000 people, I reached a degree of comfort and a degree of ease and conversing that possibly you know, brings out a reciprocal level of ease and comfort in the other person. So this is actually a perfect buildup then, because you've said in previous interviews that a successful approach is all in the energy and that the worst way to approach people is to be nervous. But one of the hardest things to do in life is to approach and meet new people. And you do this every day. So like you said, you've approached 10,000 people. So what advice would you give on how to approach someone new? 
Oh, I mean, you just have to earn it. You can't really be given advice. You know, I was already somebody who I thought was pretty good at interacting with people, but even those first months that I was on the street stopping strangers, I was so scared every time I walked up to somebody. There's something about approaching someone and and the possibility of being rejected that, you know, inherently makes you nervous. And I just had to do it so many times that I had seen all the different outcomes that could possibly come from approaching a stranger on the street. So nothing scared me anymore. Nothing frightened me anymore. There were no longer any unknowns. I had seen it all. I had seen every possible reaction that a stranger could have to me by approaching them on the street. So there was nothing There was nowhere for my imagination to go and create this kind of anxiety in me. Uh, I'd seen it all before. I knew that I could handle it. And so I got to the point where I could just approach people very comfortably without any worry or anxiety about what the reaction would be. And that could only be earned. And so I would just have to tell people that if you want to talk to, uh, you know, strangers and if you want to be comfortable talking to strangers, the only way to do it is to approach strangers while you're uncomfortable. You have to earn the comfort through being uncomfortable many, many times. Yeah, you have to go through the fear, it sounds like. You can't go around it. Exactly. So the title of your new book is Humans of New York Stories. Why are the stories important? Well, you know, the blog started as photography. It was very photographically centered. When I first moved to New York, my goal was to take 10,000 photos of people on the street. And I wasn't having conversations with the subjects. I wasn't getting quotes from them. And then I realized after a while that I was already approaching these people. I was already getting over the discomfort of engaging with a stranger So why not go the natural next step and find out a little bit about this person, find out who they are? And so I started including quotes from the people that I was photographing, and then suddenly those quotes turned into longer quotes, and then it turned into 30 or 45-minute interviews that I have with each subject I stop. And the goal in those interviews is to find out a story that that person can tell me that I haven't heard from the other 10,000 people I've stopped. And that's what really my interview process centers around, is asking the questions that I need to ask in order to locate a story that happened in that person's life that is compelling. Every single person has a story that, if told with enough attention to detail, could be compelling to an audience of millions of people. And that is what my blog is based on is that principle that there is enough drama and comedy and emotion and love in the life of every person to formulate a story that will captivate millions of people. So some social psychologists theorize that we sympathize with and feel compassion for others to the degree that we perceive they are like us. But most of the people we see on Humans of New York are not only strangers, they're often really different from us. So how do you account for the connection people feel with the pictures and the stories? Maybe it's I describe the difference in enough detail that it can allow someone's imagination to imagine being in that situation. For example, I was interviewing Syrian refugees, and those Syrian refugees could probably not be having a more polar opposite experience than my average fan, who is probably sitting comfortably in a two-story home somewhere. 
But I took so much time to learn these people's stories and to recount them in a sort of detail that almost allows you to experience their lives vicariously and almost in a first-person sense that maybe that allowed people that even though it was a very different experience to place themselves in that experience and see how a different set of circumstances could possibly land them in that same place. And that imagination, that imagining yourself in someone else's place. So why, why is that? Why is having empathy for strangers important? That's kind of getting into a moral field. It's obviously, I think, the more you are able to identify with somebody else's experience and struggles, the more you are able to interact with them in a sympathetic manner, the more that you are able to, you know, work out problems with that person because you're seeing them almost as a it, of a, on the same plane as you, as opposed to some sort of enemy or some person to be feared, and there could be more collaboration there. That's really in the realm of uh, preachers and priests, I think, to uh, tell us why it's important to love one another and have empathy for one another. But all I can speak to is the ability of telling a very detailed story about someone's life to create that empathy. And then finally, let's apply this. So how do you think we as humans can have greater empathy for strangers? Uh, I mean, this is the most simple thing in the world, just learn about them, right? And I think the internet's already doing that. The internet's already kind of creating these sub-communities that reach across boundaries and reach across barriers and borders that allow people to connect on other grounds besides nationality. And I think that inherently it has a pacifying effect in the world. So yeah, I think it's just greater flow of information and hopefully storytelling has a role in it too. Brandon, thank you so much for being here. It was after seeing all the pictures and reading the stories, it's so great to hear your side of the story. Well, thank you so much. Brandon Stanton is the creator of the photo blog, Humans of New York, and most recently, the author of Humans of New York Stories. Pick up a copy at your local independent bookstore, online, or anywhere else books are sold. Whether this is your first or 99th time listening to The Savvy Psychologist, welcome. I'm glad you're here, and you can keep listening by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, or you can check out any and all past episodes on quickanddirtytips.com slash savvy hyphen psychologist. That's quickanddirtytips.com slash savvy hyphen psychologist. Next week on the podcast, everyone just wants to be alone sometimes. We'll cover how to tell the difference between satisfied introversion and fearful avoidance, plus six ways to face your social fears. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson. The Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week for a happier, healthier mind.